Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning, everyone. Well, it's almost 12 o'clock. This is Arthur Pearly Martin. I dropped in briefly because I wanted to say to you, I, I had to know, you know I gotta know. You know I gotta know. Are you fully convinced of God's love for you? Are you fully convinced? Well, today we're gonna talk about how God proved his love for us. And my prayer is that at the end of this podcast, that you're going to be in love with God like God is in love with you. How about that? But we're going to pray first. And thank you guys for joining in. This is Arthur Pearly Martin with Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. Okay, Father, we just thank you for being in the midst of us. Father, we thank you for manifesting yourself. And Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit revealing to us your word truth, Father, because you said it's your truth that sets us free from a lie. And some of us are believing the devil's lies. Some have believed that you don't love them, Father. So, Holy Father, God, as we dig into your word, Father, we ask that you open our eyes so we can see, open our ears so we can hear what the Spirit of the living God is saying. And Father, I ask that you anoint my lips of clay and you just give us a rhema word, Father. For you say you will make your covenant known to those who fear you, Father. And Father God, I am fully convinced of your love for us. I am fully convinced of your love for us. And Father God, I ask that you just use my lips of clay to convey it, that you anoint them so others will see and hear and be fully convinced also, Father, of how much you love them. Father, you called us to be ministers or reconciliators, and I ask that you just anoint me to reconcile people, others, back unto you, Father. And I give you the glory, the honor, and praise. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you guys so much again for joining in. And and I, I, I again, I just wanted to drop in and say, are you fully convinced of God's love for for you. You know, we're not going to stay long, and I know I always say that, but it's it's really whatever the Lord says. And, I, and you know what? And I want to start with the scripture that we all know and we probably can all quote together because, you know, we're really well-versed, okay? Um, and, and, and there's no condemnation in that because we got to know what the Word of God says because faith comes by hearing, right, and hearing by the Word of God. So we have to know what the Word of God says. So, But we want to add to our faith. We want to add some understanding. We want to add some works to our faith so we can put some feet to our faith because our faith is not made complete until we add the works, the corresponding actions along with whatever it is that the Word of God is saying. So here today, Holy Spirit, we thank you for, uh, once again, for a rhema word for fresh manner. Father, as our heart hunger and thirst after righteousness, we thank you for filling us, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. So we're going to come from John three sixteen, and we know it. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I'm, I'm talking about, I, I need to know, I got to know, um, because my, my, I feel like my assignment is to reconcile. That is our assignment as believers is to reconcile people back to the father. Right. And, and right now I'm, I'm praying and I'm believing God that the anointing for the ministry of reconciliation is resting upon me. So some of you guys will come back to the father's house. How many of you know that the word 
Word of God teaches and tells us that it's the goodness of God that reconciles us back unto the Father, that draws us to repentance. It's the goodness of God that draws us to repentance. I came to God because someone told me that he was good and someone told me that he loved me so much. And I'm telling you, that's what drew me back to my Father. So John 3, 16 tells us, he says, for God so loved, it was because he so loved that he gave, right? It was for God so loved the world. And that means God so loved you. And I like to put my name in here because the word of God is God's love letter to me. So what I see when I read it is probably God so loved me that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, that whosoever believe it on him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe on him, talking about Jesus, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I'm so sorry about that. I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Uh, but we're getting ready to get right back in. So when you read John 3, 16, can you please do me a favor? I'm going to read it again. And this time I want you to put your name in it because it's his love letter. God's word is his will. And when we when we have to see ourselves in the text, because if we can't see ourselves in the text, it's just going to be a good storybook. We have to understand what does the word of God have to do with me? So I'm, I'm talking about biblical principles. We have to know how to apply the word of God to our daily lives. So we don't just read it and say, oh, that was a good story. Oh, that's what Jesus did back then. No, as he is, so are we in this world. And the same works he did, greater works we can do also. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ. See, you're getting me ahead of myself here. But the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, I'm trying to convince us. I'm trying to convey us. I want you to know how much God loves you. I want you to be so fully convinced that there will be no place for doubt in your heart. The devil will not be able to convince you of anything else otherwise. I'm just here to reconcile you back to the Father. I want to talk to you about the goodness of God and how much he loves us. For God so loved you, whoever you are. Because, see, we're part of the world and he died for the world. And for God so loved you, put your name there, that he gave his only. He only had one, y'all. He only had one. He gave his only begotten son, whose name was Jesus, to die for us. And whosoever believe in him and whosoever believe that this is true, he shall not perish, but have everlasting life too. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Ephesians 1 and 4 tells us, he said, even before he made the world, okay, God loved us. And he chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. It says, even before he created the world. God loved us. We came out of the heart of God. We came out of the mind of God. God is mindful of us. Do you know that God is mindful of you? And any if it concerns you, it concerns him. That's why he said, you know what? I need you to cast your cares upon me because I care about you. I know you think it's just something minor, 
but if it if it cares, if it concerns you in any way, I want you to know that I'm concerned also because I'm concerned about you in every way. But I, I want to take your cares. I want to take your worries and I want to take your fears because I want you to know and understand and realize that I care for you, that I love you, saith the Lord. <laughs> That's why he says, take your cast your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you because we can't carry it. This is why he's telling us to cast it. So how do we cast our cares? We cast our cares through prayer. Here, Lord, I surrender. You told me to be anxious for nothing. But in everything, through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, Father, you told me that all I had to do was just make my request known unto you. And then the peace of God, which passes all understanding, you said would cover my heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And the reason we don't have the peace of God is because we haven't cast our cares. And the reason we're anxious is because we we haven't made our prayer and supplication, uh, our request known unto the Lord. And when we do that, don't forget to give God thanks. But in everything, in everything, give God thanks and give God glory and give God honor and give God praise because our God is greater and greater is he. His spirit is on the inside of us. Do you believe that? So Ephesians 1 and 5 says, God decided in advance. See, I'm trying to, what I'm trying to get you to see is that God is love. That's who God is. And because God is love, he would have to deny himself in order not to love you. See, God loving you is not based upon what you do or don't do. Because see, before, uh, in advance, you know, before even the foundations of the world, he decided to love us. This was this was before you was ever created. See, God did not set us up for failure. God created us. He came out of the heart of God, the mind of God. You are God's idea. See, we're here because it was God's idea. Because before the foundations of the world, the word of God says it. And I know he said it to Jeremiah, but it, it's true for us too. God knew us. He knew you before your mother and father ever knew each other before the foundations of the world. See, you're not an afterthought. See, when he created us, he put everything inside of us. We are fully equipped. He put, we have everything that pertains to life and godliness. He put everything in us to be able to do whatever he asks us. I like to say that we're fully loaded. We have the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God did not create us to fail. But when we lose confidence in his love for us, we tend to think that we have to do it on our own and that we are alone. But it's not possible to be alone when we as believers have the spirit of the living God on the inside of us. Because Corinthians tells us that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, meaning that my physical body, this where the spirit of the living God lives. Our body is, I don't know about you, but I'm fully convinced and the devil is too late for me because I've been talking about Jesus Christ for 30 years, (laughs) 30 years. And the only reason I'm able to talk about him for 30 years is because he's real. Jesus Christ is real to me. 
And, and it wasn't what his, my mama said. It wasn't what anyone said. I'm telling you, I've tasted and I've seen for myself. And I know for real, I'm telling you, I know for real from experience um, that his love for me is real. I'm fully convinced. The devil is too late for you, devil, because I'm fully convinced. I've tasted and I've seen for myself that the Lord is so very, very good. He's loving, he's kind, he's gentle. When I accepted Jesus Christ 30 years ago, that was the first thing that he made sure that I felt was his love. It was as if the Holy Spirit, as if God himself had wrapped his arms around me. It was like I could physically feel his presence covering me like the feather of an eagle covering of a bird covering his cheeks. He covered me. I felt his embrace. And the first thing I said is, oh my God, you what I've been looking for my entire life. He loved me. It was the goodness of God that drew me to repentance. Do you know how good God is? Do you understand? I'm not, I'm not talking about in a religious way. I'm talking about in a real way, Father, we thank you for your anointing that's destroying every yoke right now in the name of Jesus. You know, not only did God send his son to die for us because he so loved us, because that's why he did it. It was because his motive, God's motive for sending his son Jesus to die for us, according to John three sixteen, is was because he so loved us. I don't know how they got through. I'm sorry. I put the car block on. Do not disturb. I'm so sorry. But it was because God so loved us that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, to die for us. And then Romans 5 and 8 goes on to prove to us even more. The way that God proved his love for us is not just by sending his son to die for us. But it was, he said that it, but he, God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. It, it, you know, it wasn't like we were good people. We were against God. We didn't acknowledge God. We didn't, before we didn't even know God, but yet he still sent his only one son to die for us. Why did he do this? Because God is love. And because God is love, the word of God says, this is who he is. It's not that he's so loved. God's so loved because God is love. And for God not to love us, he will have to deny who he is. I'm just trying to convince you of how much God loves you because perfect love casts out fear. And when we have confidence in God's love for us, fear will have no place in us. And when we have confidence in God's love for us, obedience to him will not be such a struggle because how many of you know that when when you love someone your goal in life is not to hurt them but to show respect to them and to love on them right and this is why I say relationship 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 Jesus said if you love me then obey me. And this is a reason why some of us are having such a hard time obeying God is because we don't love God. Hold on, wait a minute. You know there's no condemnation in this, 
This is a time of learning. We getting ready to jump another level, devil. How about that? Okay. But I'm just here to help you to connect the dots because we know we know how it feels to have someone to love on us. We want people to love on us, but Jesus wants us to love on him because it's out of our love for God that we can truly, truly love other people. Because, well, I'm not talking about the human kind of love. I'm talking about the godly kind of love, the kind of love that just overwhelms people and just draws them to repentance. That's the kind of love I'm talking about. I'm talking about the agape kind of love. God agapes you. That means his love is unconditional. It's not based upon what you do or don't do. Even when people die and go to hell, it's not because God didn't love them. It's because they didn't love God. They didn't accept his son, Jesus Christ. See, love is who God is. And there's absolutely nothing that we can do about it. You not loving God does not stop God from loving you. You not believing in God does not stop God from not believing in you. God did not create us. He did not create us for failure. He did not. Do you know how what it means to be adopted? Do you know how special that is? That he adopted us. He chose us on purpose before the foundations of the world. And here you are thinking that you're so messed up. Our flesh might be messed up, but our spirit is fine. How many of you know that we're three-part beings, spirit, soul, and body? We are a spirit. The real us is a spirit, you guys. That's why when a person dies, it's because the spirit leaves his body. We live in a body and we have a soul. I want to read something to you because I want to prove to you just how much God loves you. I want you to be fully convinced of God's love for you that when doubt and unbelief comes to try to taunt you, that the devil will not be able to have any place in you. Jesus said the evil one has no place in me. Ephesians 1 and 4, I want to read that again. It says, even before he made the world, you guys, God loved us and he chose us in Christ to be holy without fault in his eyes. Romans 5 and 8, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us. While we were still sinners, you guys, he went on ahead and did it. It's one thing that someone would die for a good person, but he went on and died for us when we denied him. And we said we didn't, he wasn't real. And we said we didn't believe in him. And some of us have cussed God. And some of us are still angry at God. But, you know, he's all knowing. He he knew you was going to be like that. I don't know about y'all. I mean, this is the thing that really touches my heart so much when I think about how when I didn't know God, I, I did not acknowledge God. And how when I ignored God, he, he still acknowledged me. Wow, we, what kind of love is that? It's unconditional. His love is not like man. God is not like man. He, he, his love is not wishy-washy. I like you when you do everything I want you to, but I don't love you when you don't do what I want you to. No, that's not God's love. I pray that you feel the the way the same way about yourself the way God feels about you. 
It's so important because, see, the devil wants to bring all this guilt and condemnation and he wants us to feel like God don't love us because we messed up, because we forgot that God is love and there's nothing that can change that. But it's the goodness of God. It's us meditating on the goodness of God that draws us to repentance. It's the goodness of God that draws a man to repentance. When we understand how much God loves us, it causes us to want to love him back. Isn't that how it is when when you date someone or your husband or someone, they just love on you so much that it causes you to want to love them back? Well, I want you to know that God loves you and he loves me and he loves on us. And Ephesians 1 and 5 says that God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. He reconciled us back to himself through his son, his only one son. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. It gave him great pleasure Jesus Christ was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we were healed. Jesus had to go to the cross. He had to undo everything the devil did so we could be reconciled back unto the Father. And now that Jesus is going on to heaven and sitting at the right hand side of his Father, so are we. We are sitting together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, spiritually speaking. Because the real us is our spirit. He reconciled us. He made it possible for us to have a way back to the Father. For God so loved you. For God so loved me that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, to die for us so we can have a way back unto himself. And I thank God for Jesus because, you know, when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He, he didn't have to go through with it. He did not have to go through with it. He could have he could have said no. I'm so sorry. I got this new phone. He could have said no. He could have said no, I'm not gonna do it. He could have said no, I'm not gonna do it. But he went on ahead and he did it anyway. He went on ahead and he did it anyway. He died for us in advance. Knowing, I don't know about you, but knowing that one day I would say yes. He died. We was the joy that was set before him, you guys. We was the joy that was set before him. He knew that one day that you and I would say yes. He knew that one day you and I was going to say yes. 
we was the joy that was set before him. He saw us afar off when he was on that cross. We was the joy that was, it was worth it. The sacrifice that he had to make. It was for you, it was for me. And we was, are you fully convinced of God's love for you? Because when we become fully convinced of God's love for us, fear will have no place in us. Perfect love cast out fear. Are you fully convinced? We say it all the time. Yeah, I know God loved me. I know. No, no, no. Are you fully convinced that God loves you? You've been adopted. You've been accepted. We was created in his own image, in his own likeness. Are you fully convinced of God's love for you? Do you love you like God love you? Do you love God like God loves you? Let me read this first John 4, 7 through 21 real quick. He says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever love has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest amongst us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. This is love, y'all. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. He redeemed us. He died in place of us. Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin so that we could be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I, I, I'll do it. But Father, if there's any other way, can you let this cup of suffering pass from me? Because, you know, guys, he, Jesus was a flesh man, man, and he knew the story. He knew everything that was going to happen. He knew about the canonized tales. He knew about it all. But he said, Father, if there's any other way, you know that this cup can pass. But nevertheless, not my will, Father. But let your will be done. Why? Because Jesus had a love relationship with his father. Do you have a love relationship with your father? There's no condemnation. Because what Jesus said is, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? But God says he has compassion on us because he remembers that we're merely human beings that he created from the dust. He's patient. So very patient. I don't know about you, but I was 24 when I accepted Jesus. Could have died any day. But he waited on me because he knew the good plan and the good purpose that he had for my life. And Jeremiah 29 and 11 is not just for Jeremiah. He was speaking to Jeremiah, but it's for us also. For God knows the plans that he had for us. They're good and not evil. To bless us prosperous, to bring us into great success. The plans that God has for us are good. And they're not evil. They're not evil. God has good plans in us. He has good things for us. Are you convinced of God's love for you? Because when you become convinced of God's love for you, fear will have no place in you. Because it's when we begin to doubt God's love that fear comes. That spirit of fear. Doubt opens the door to the spirit of fear in our lives. Are you convinced of God's love for you? It says, um, 
but love. If God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. The Father has sent the Son, Jesus, to be the Savior of the world. Um, 15. Whoever confessed that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. Have you come to know and to believe the love that God has for you? Have you come to know? Are you convinced yet? Are you? Have you come to know and to believe? Not just know, but to believe the love that God has for us. It says God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God. And God abides in them. God is love. And so when we are abiding in love, when we're living in love, when we're uh, acting in love, walking in love, then God is abiding in us and we're abiding in him. We're walking in fellowship with him. Jesus said, you're known by their fruit. So when we're walking in love, that's how we're going to know. He said, the way you'll know my disciples is by the love they have for one another. So the way we're going to recognize a disciple of Jesus Christ is by the love that they have. That's the fruit we're going to know them by. We're going to recognize them by the love they have. That's what, By this is love perfected with us, verse 17, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. This is what the word of God says. As he is, so are we in this world. I'm talking about first John. I'm in first John. As he is, so are we in this world. First John 4, 7. I'm on verse. First uh, John 4, chapter 7. I'm reading chapter 7 through 21. But I'm on uh, verse 17. Let me get back here. First John 4. And 17. This is where I'm coming from now. But read 1 John 4, 7 through 21, or the whole book of 1 John. 1 John 4 and 17. It says, By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. As he is, so are we in this world. The Spirit of the living God is on the inside. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is living on the inside of us. And it's going to be that same power that's also going to quicken our mortal bodies. Our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. It's where the spirit of the living God lives when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. It says there, um, verse 18 says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We're not fully convinced. When we're fearing, when we're being afraid, we're not fully convinced of God's love. This is because we're not convinced of God's love. Verse 19 says, we love because he first loved us. It wasn't that we first loved God because we didn't know God to love God. But we love him because he first loved us. And this is why I'm talking to you about, I'm trying to convince you of God's love for you. Because when we understand God's love for us, 
then we can love him like he loves us. We love not because he first loved us, but we, we love because he first loved us. Do you realize that God loves you? When we realize and believe in our heart, not just believe, but when we become convinced of God's love for us, when we know and believe, when we know and believe that God loves us, then we in turn can love him. We love because he first loved us, but we have to know that he loved us first before we can love. So maybe that's a problem. Maybe that's a love issue. You're having a love problem because you're not loving God because you you don't know how much God loves you. But it wasn't that we first loved him, but it was because he first loved us. And verse 20 says, if anyone says I love God and hate his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has not whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. God is love. And when we're convinced of God's love, we can love others with the same kind of love that he loves us with. When we abide in love, then God abides in us and we abide in him. I just, I want to leave it. I want, I'm getting ready to leave you here, but I pray that in some way, one way or another, that you understand how much God loves you, that God did not create us for failure. The plans he had for us are good. The plans, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, John 10, 10. And I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly, but it's the thief who come and not but to steal, kill, and destroy. The devil wants to steal the word. Because if he can steal the word, he can steal our faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. And if he can steal our faith, he can kill, he can kill, he can kill everything else. He can kill all the promises. If he can steal the word, he can kill our faith. And if he can kill our faith, he can destroy all the promises and everything else that we believe. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. To please God is to believe God. But to believe God, we must believe that he loves us, to have confidence in what he says. How many of you know it's hard to believe somebody when you don't believe that they care about you? It's so important that we get a revelation of God's love for us because that faith work about love, when we believe that God loves us, then our faith will work for us because we're not going to believe that God, if we don't believe that God loves us, our faith is not going to work because we're not going to believe anything that he says. So you see how everything is connected and and it revolves around us understanding, believing, knowing and believing that God loves us. Because when I'm convinced, when we're convinced that with God's love for us, it in turn helps us to just love on him. I like to say love on God the way God loves on us. And the way we express God's love is by being obedient to his word. He said, if you love me, obey me. And the way others are able to experience God's love is when we express it in the earth to others. When we walk in love, people are able to see the God in us when it's the God kind of love. That's how they see him. And Jesus said, when I'm lifted up, it's going to draw all men unto me. This is why it's not about us trying to make a reputation for ourselves. 
We're here to reconcile people not unto us. We're here to reconcile people unto Christ. We're ministers of reconciliators. We are ambassadors of Christ. We are the salt of the earth. And we're called to be the light of the world. Our lifestyle is our light. Let men see your let your light so shine before men so that they will see your good works, so that your father will be glorified. So when my light is shining, that's because my lifestyle is representing. I'm being a disciple. When we're being a disciple of Christ, that's when our light is shining. Do you know that God loves you? He chose us on purpose before the foundations of the world. And before the foundations of the world, he told Jeremiah that he knew you before I created you in your mother's womb. But that's the same promise to us because God knew us before he created us in our mother's womb, before he knitted us together. I'm I'm trying to convince you that God loves you And he created you on purpose for a purpose and with this purpose in mind. Because see, what you don't understand is there, there's no such thing as accidents, incidents, or coincidence in God. You're here on purpose. And it doesn't matter what mama, daddy, or anyone said when they say, oh, you was an accident. No, you wasn't an accident. (laughs) You was an incident. And you was here on purpose because you're here on purpose because it was God's idea. Because before the foundations of the world, I'm trying to convince you. I'm trying to help you to understand that before your mother and father knew each other, even before they was created, God knew you. See, you're here because it was God's idea. (laughs) How about that? You're a God idea. You see, God used our mother and father as vehicles and vessels. You know, he put his sperm in your father. And your father put his sperm in your mother. And that's how we're here. But it all came from God. You're here on purpose. Because God created you on purpose. God created you for a purpose. With this purpose in mind. And then he sent his son, Jesus Christ, in the earth to reconcile us back to the father because we had no way back to him because of what Adam had did by one man this is what the word says by one man's disobedience we were all made sinners by one man Jesus obedience we were all made righteous so a man did it so a man had to come and undo it he died not just for us but he died in place of us he fixed it he made it possible He made a way. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And when we try to go any other way, you are a thief and a robber. Our God is on the inside of us. It's not something that a statue or graven image. His spirit is with us. It's in us. And the Bible says that his spirit will bear witness with our spirit to let us know that we are children of God. I don't know about you, but... Maybe some of you on here and you don't know Jesus and you have not accepted Jesus Christ, the son of God, because of the lies that the enemy had sown in your mind. But I want to read you Romans 10, 9 and 10, so you can be born again. 
and what it says is if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Because see, it's with the it's with the mouth that we confess, but it's with the heart. It's with the heart that we believe. It's with the mouth that we confess, but it's with the heart that we believe. And who he who he who does not, whoever does not confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that's an antichrist spirit, because that spirit is against Christ. And so we find, Father, we pray and ask right now in the name of Jesus that you open blind eyes so that they can see the spirit of the living God, that you open deaf ears, Father, because you said that it's the God of this world who has blinded the minds of those who don't believe, who of those who don't believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You said it's the God of this world, the small g. The God of this world, that's what keeps people from being able to see. That's what keeps people from being able to believe. When we, talk, when we run away from God, we're running away from good. We're running away from love. We're running away from our creator. We're running away from our purpose. I'm going to end it here. I just want you to know that if it concerns you, it concerns our father. So he said to cast your cares your worries, your fears upon him. He says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer, supplication with thanksgiving. Just let your request be made known unto God. And when you do all of that, that's when you will experience the peace of God that passes all understanding. You'll have peace and you won't even be able to explain why. You know, I'm not here to, uh, I'm just here to convince you and to to tell you, to, really just to testify to you, not even really to convince you, but to testify to you that Jesus Christ is Lord and that Jesus Christ is real. I'm telling you because I've tasted it for myself. I'm not, I'm not just telling you what I heard someone else say. I'm not telling you what I heard a preacher, a pastor, my mother, my grandmother. I'm not telling you what they said. I'm telling you that I've experienced him firsthand for myself. I encountered God and God encountered me because I said yes to him. And Jesus Christ, the son of God, made it possible to get back to the father God. And you say, well, I don't believe. But you know what? You not believing does not change who God is. It does not change the fact that Jesus Christ is still the son of God. That doesn't change anything. So maybe some of you are on here and you don't, you say, I don't know him like that. And I tell you what, just taste and see for yourself. Just taste it and see. I mean, what do you have to lose if you don't believe that he's real? But but if I'm writing you wrong, then you're going to have everything to lose. Taste and see. The Bible said, taste and see that the Lord is good. You have to taste it for yourself. That's why I always say there's nothing, no preacher, no pastor, no teacher, no YouTube, no nothing that can take the place of our own personal time with the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm talking about the time where we turn everything off and we shut everything down and we just get in the word for ourselves. And we just, I'm telling you, when I started this Bible study, by the way, welcome to my Bible study. 
Because when I started this Bible study, I just began to weep. Because he was just reminding me again of just how much he loved me. And this is not just a book filled, filled with parables, but it's, it's a rhema word. It's life to me. It's alive to me. And that's why I've been talking about him for 30 years consistently. 30 years consistently. Yes, I've slid off along the way, but even when I was, you know, when God got his hand on you, the Bible, Jesus said the evil one can't pluck you from his hand. When you try to backslide, it's the worst feeling in the world because the, it's like his hand is on your head and there's nothing you can do to get away from him. And everywhere you go, you sense in his presence. I'm so glad that he loved me so much to leave me alone that he he loved us so much to he did dare not leave us in the state that we were in and if you really believe that God is love and and if you really believe that God loves you then nothing should be impossible for you to believe nothing should be impossible for you to believe about God the earth is the Lord in the fullness thereof. Jesus, he knows that you have need of food and clothes. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. He's telling us what we need to do to get our needs met because the provisions of God is in the will of God. He said, everything that you need is in me. Quit chasing after what you need and start chasing after me, says the Lord. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things that you need. The clothes, the food, the shelter, it's going to be added unto you. Just chase after him. Love on God like God loves on you. Because it wasn't that we first loved him. Because we didn't know him to love him. And you know, God loves our children more than we do. <laughs> I have some news for you. That those children are lent to us. And God loves our children more than we do. He created them just like he created us. So cast your cares, your fears, your worries, your doubts. And remember and know, Jeremiah 29, 11, that the plans that God has for you, for your children too, are good and not evil. And it doesn't matter what it looked like. The, the storms of life, storms come to distract us. But we won't be distracted by the storms because we're going to hold fast to the confession of our faith. Acts 16.31 says that we believe not only shall we be saved, but our household. God is interested in generations, generational blessings. We talk about the curse all the time, but God is interested in passing down the generational blessings up to a thousand generations. He's interested because we've been redeemed from the curse as born again believers. I, I don't know. I'm 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 trying to I want need to ask the question. Are you fully convinced of God's love for you? He proved his love for us. Because even when we weren't yet sinners, even when we denied him and we denounced him and we would not acknowledge him and we would not confess him. And he knew all this stuff in advance. You do know that, right? Because he's omnipotent. And he's omnipresent. He's omnipotent, meaning he knows everything. And he's omnipresent, meaning he's everywhere at the same time. And, and so you already know that he knew when he created you what you was going to do. He knew what we were going to say. He knew we were going to deny him. He knew we were going to be angry at him. He knew all of this. But yet and still, 
It was his love for us. Some of you know that kind of love. Some of you are willing to die for your children. But God's love is so much greater than that. The magnitude of God's love. God is love. It's not just that God loves. It's like I say, well, I'm a female. That's who I am, right? Well, God is love. That's who he is. God is, I-S, love. What can we do? What can separate us from the love of God? Nothing, because that's who he is. It's the goodness of God. My prayer is today, this day, Holy Spirit, that you would just draw them by your love. Because the Bible said no man can come unto the Lord unless he first draws them. And and I know a lot of times we just thinking that we can do it when we get ready. But harden not your heart. Because even today, if you heard the Holy Spirit tugging, if you felt him pulling and tugging at your heart, just today, this day, this minute, this moment, this second, all you do is say, Lord, save me. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Save me, Lord. Forgive me, I repent. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died and he rose and he's coming back again. I'm sorry. I am so sorry. I did not know. You know, you remember the prodigal son, the story about the prodigal son, how he left home and he took all of his inheritance and the father gave him everything that was his and he went out and he squandered everything and he spent it all and then some point in the way he came to the end of himself he came to himself and my prayer is that we will come to ourselves that we will shake ourselves and say wake up I'm saying wake up the Lord has need of you and today are not your heart And if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, just say, Jesus, save me. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Father, save me. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And maybe you know the Father, and like the prodigal son, you strayed away from the Father's house. And we went out in the streets and did what we did and said what we said. And and now you feel him tugging you. That's a good thing, because conviction, he chastised those he loved. But harden not your heart. Don't say tomorrow because none of us is promised tomorrow. It's right now, this second, this minute, this moment. Where we say, Lord, I'm sorry, forgive me. But guess what the father, who God is love. Guess what the father did when the prodigal son came back home? He welcomed him. He threw a big feast, a big dinner. He put his robe on, gave him his ring. He restored him to his rightful position. And you know, everything that the devil stole, he has to give it back. God is a God of restoration. He's a God of justice. So, if you hear my voice, I want you to know, I pray that you're convinced, that you not just know, but that you believe the love that God has for you. So fear will no longer be able to torment you. Because perfect love casts out fear. When we have confidence in God's love for us, fear will have no place in us. 
when fear comes, you just say, God loves me. And I am convinced of that. For God so loved me that he gave his only begotten son to die for me. And he didn't do all of that to leave me alone. Jesus said, I will not leave you as an orphan. I will not leave you comfortless, but I will leave you with a comforter. Holy Spirit, I ask that you just fill us. He said, for my belly shall flow rivers of living water. Fill us, Father, with the evidence of tongues. Fill us to overflow. So we, in turn, can help reconcile others back to the Father. In Jesus' name I pray. I'm getting ready to end it here. But I'm telling you, when you begin to have confidence in God's love for you, your faith will begin to work. And you will begin to manifest fruit in your life. For God so loved you. For God so loved me. That he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, to die for us. So that whosoever believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Do you believe that? Lord, I believe. I am a believer because I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I won't operate in the Antichrist spirit because Antichrist means to be against Christ. I'm getting ready to end it here. I just, I just wanted to exhort you, encourage you, and remind you that God loves you. And when you read what His Word say, you can believe what His Word say because that's His promise to you. And God can do everything but tell a lie. He cannot tell a lie. Because to tell a lie, he would have to go against himself. Because God is truth. He's not here to lie to you. He's not here to trick you. God is here to love on you. And to grace you and anoint you and appoint you. To be successful in whatever it is he's called you to be. And not only that, but to be ambassadors and ministers of reconciliation, to reconcile people back to the Father, to go and tell other people about the goodness of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm ending it here. You guys be blessed, be encouraged. Keep looking for the good in your day, like I always say, so you can see God's goodness all throughout your day. And remember in everything to give God thanks and to give God praise in every single thing. Because remember that a grateful heart is a thing. A thankful heart is a grateful heart. Remember to tell God thank you. And love on God like God loves on you. I want you to sit and meditate in that. And I, my prayer is that the presence of the Holy Spirit just cover you, cover your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus, that it would just settle and rest upon you. And even now as we speak, that the presence of the Holy Spirit will let his, his peace, which passes all understanding, will cover your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys again for joining in on my podcast. This is Arthur Pearly Martin with Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. You guys, if you like to support us, hit the support button on my anchor.fm uh, page. Also, if you guys would like to donate to our nonprofit, We Care, visit my website at wecare1966.us. Help us in our um, back-to-school giveaway for low-income children. Okay? I love you all. You guys, be so blessed and be encouraged. And know that you are loved by God.